the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm a master of the law of taxation laws, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both of my master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, experience, and my own personal interests in the law, I primarily practice bankruptcy, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and, of course, taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I'm sometimes able to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of some of the various hideous forms of financial elder abuse that are running rampant in our society today. I am, as always, pleased to be able to come to you once again today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your individualized search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. Again, I think that people dealing with the law, the lay people who have legal issues, that you want to go after someone for harming you or you're trying to defend yourself from someone uh, uh, accusing you uh, or filing suit against you for some financial harm that you've done to them, I believe you need help in this area because the bottom line is if you lose a substantial amount in a bankruptcy or any other legal matter, you might end up losing everything, including your home. And I would say if your home is on the line, you need to find someone to assist you. Because as I'm known for saying, representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one about your finances, is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And, you know, uh, taking a butter knife to a gunfight 
is not going to turn out very well for you because the gunslingers on the other side, they have real guns. And it's not that people are using guns in court. I think that's a bad thing, but it's just the the individuals on the other side of the lawsuit, if you're a pro se person, they will usually have real lawyers and the real lawyers will have access to the lawyer's toolkit and uh, access to uh, an understanding of what's going on in court that you may not have, okay? So that's why I say you really need to make sure that you have assistance because like bringing a, a butter knife to a gunfight, you're likely going to be DOA. That is to say, your righteous claim or your valid defense will likely see the promised land way before you do. So once again, the purpose of Selwyn's Law here on KFAX in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money. And unfortunately, more than likely, their lack thereof and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect your family's or your business's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. Now, the last time we were together, we continued our discussion of Bankruptcy 101 by l- opening Uh, discussion into exemptions. So there's two key E's, in in my opinion, in bankruptcy. Exemptions are what you utilize to keep your assets for yourself and take them out of the purview of a Chapter 7 trustee who wants to liquidate them or a Chapter 13 creditor who wants to have a piece of that action. And the other E in bankruptcy are uh, also known as the the exclusions. And, And so what do I mean by them? These are debts that you can't run away from. And so exemptions, I'm talking about them first, but when we get together next time, we're gonna talk about a section of the bankruptcy code that deals with what are known as bad boy acts that make the debt non-dischargeable in bankruptcy because of either a public policy reason for not uh, having those debts exempted. For example, um, you have alimony or child support, and you know if you're able to discharge that alimony or child support debt, guess who ends up having to take care of your former spouse and your children, the rest of us. So that's the public policy reason for not excluding alimony and child support in, uh, in bankruptcy. And another kind of debt that's not uh, excluded are for your actions involving obtaining the debt that caused harm to your creditor, where you perpetrated a fraud to get your creditor to lend you money. Those kinds of debts are also excluded from the discharge, and that's what I mean by exclusions. So the exemptions pull assets out of the pool that's available to your creditors. Exclusions exclude them from being discharged. So let's uh, uh, continue on with our discussion of exemptions, and they're found in uh, Section 522 of the Bankruptcy Code. Again, The Bankruptcy Code is the collection of federal statutes 
that are were created and are periodically updated by Congress. Congress is in charge according to our Constitution. Remember, this, this, the uh, bankruptcy code lives in our Constitution in Article 1, Clause 8. Article 1 deals with the legislative branch. That's where bankruptcy lives. That's where it got planted, and that's where it lives. Periodically, just like with any garden, you have to go in and prune and and do all kinds of good stuff to make uh, bankruptcy uh, be uh, something of meaning going into the future. So periodically, Congress updates the bankruptcy code. The bankruptcy code is it's a key part of um, uh, our bankruptcy process, but there's also rules and state uh, statutes, and there are also um, uh, case law, both federal and state case law. So exemptions are part of the bankruptcy code. Now, the again, the exemptions play an integral part in the fundamental goal of bankruptcy to give the debtor, the honest debtor, the honest but unfortunate debtor, the honest but unfortunate distressed debtor, uh, an opportunity to have some um, grub stake to uh, commence his or her life after he gets out of bankruptcy. So that's what you start your fresh start with is your exempt assets. Again, they work hand-in-hand with discharge because the discharge that you get at the end of your bankruptcy insulates your future earnings. Okay, so on day one, um, your uh, assets are, you know, all of your personal and real property, including your income that flows from your working for Bank of the Z. After you get your discharge, Bank of the Z income, that's your separate property in in a Chapter 7. So you also get to exempt some or all of your uh, real and personal property. That's what exemption is for. You need that nest egg to start afresh. As a general matter, the bankruptcy estate that's created as soon as you file composes or comprises all of your debtor's interest in the property at the time of the filing, as well as the interest that may be recovered uh, pursuing a transfer and an avoidance uh, uh, action that I talked about in, in a little bit more detail last time. Um, also, uh, under Section 522, uh, y- y- you or your dependents can exempt property from the uh, bankruptcy estate. So in doing so, removes that property from the reach of most of your creditors uh, in a Chapter 7 case, and it reduces the amount that has to be allocated to pay your uh, creditors in a Chapter 13. So we went over the federal um, uh, exemptions last time. They include uh, some amount, more than $25,000 for your residential property, equity, $4,000 in your automobile. Um, uh, There's this wild card exemption for uh, any kind of uh, exemption you want to take, also the tools of your trade. Uh, Now, in some states, such as California, debtors are required to use a set of state exemptions, while other states give the debtor the right to choose. However, even if you live in California right now, you may still have to use another state set of exemptions because there's something called the look-back period for how long you've been domiciled in a state. And if you've been, and it's a two-year look-back 
period. And if you spent more time in Massachusetts than you did in California, you might have to use Massachusetts set of exemptions. Again, this is all very complicated and a reason why I really urge debtors to have someone who knows what they're doing and is licensed by the State Bar of California to assist them with this process to help them get the very best results. Now, California has two sets of exemptions, one referred to as Section 704 exemptions, and the other set is 703 exemptions. And when we get back from the other side, we're going to go into a little bit more detail about California's exemptions. But right now, we're going to take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of the exemption process in bankruptcy and how important it is uh, to make sure that once you get out of bankruptcy, you have a solid foundation of real and personal property to get on with your life. So we talked about the uh, federal exemptions in great detail last time. So now I want to focus on uh, California's exemption. Now, some states, such as California, require a debtor to use the applicable state set of exemptions, while other states give the debtor the right to choose between the state and the federal exemptions. However, even if you live in California now, as I said before the break, you still may have to use another state set of exemptions. Again, it has to do with how long you've been domiciled in the state of California. Now, California has two sets of exemptions referred to uh, as the Section 704 exemptions, and the other set is the 703 exemptions, and they have to do with the exemptions that have been uh, articulated and promulgated by the California legislature. They're under the California Code of Civil Procedure. Now, uh, a California debtor can choose to use one or the other of the sets, but cannot mix and match the sets. Uh, while exemption, um, a system is, you, while you have to decide which exemption set is best for you, it really depends on the property that you own and what it is that you want to protect. However, Section 704 exemptions provide the most protection for the debtor's equity in her home. Section 704 is usually chosen by a debtor who has some equity in her home. On the other hand, Section 703 may be chosen even if the debtor has a home, but where there is little or no equity in the home. As such, it may be wiser for that debtor to use Section 703's almost $40,000 wildcard exemption to protect some or all the equity in the debtor's non-home assets. So you get that thirty, dollars almost $40,000 wildcard exemption in Section 703, but you don't get it in 704 because the goal in 704, in my opinion, would be to save as much of the equity in the home. There's a lot of people in California who are house poor and money, uh, house rich, but but financially poor. That is to say they have a lot of equity in their home and it's hard for them to pull it out because they're having financial difficulties. And so they might want to file for bankruptcy to deal with their unsecured debt, 
but they might have uh, equity in their home that they need to protect, and so therefore they should look at 704. But if they have a home with no equity or very little equity in it, uh, they might want to use 703 so they could use that almost $40,000 wild card uh, to uh, exempt. Maybe they have multiple cars that they need to exempt, a husband and wife and elder son each need a car to get to and from work to bring money into the household. And uh, normally you only get to exempt one car, and you might want to use that wild card uh, to um, have multiple cars as an example. Okay, so under 704, it, the, the homestead exemption is what I've been talking about, uh, about uh, the equity in your home. Under uh, Section 704 exemption, you can exempt real or personal property you reside in at the time of filing for bankruptcy. So what do I mean about real or personal property? We all know what real pr- property is. That's a house built on land and made out of sticks. But say your home is a, a mobile home or, you know, a, a trailer. Um, and so that's where you live. And although it's not real property, uh, you can use um, 704 exemption to exempt the value of that mobile home. You can also use it if you live on a boat, if you live in a condominium, a community apartment, a planned development. And the exemption is up to $75,000 if you're single and not disabled, $100,000 if you're a family and at least well, you have, so it, it can't be a single person. It has to be um, a dependent child uh, to get the one hundred thousand um, dollar exemption in the family uh, home. Okay, or if you're sixty five or older, or have some kind of physical or mental disability, that exemption amount can jump up to one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. So uh, that protects uh, uh, your um, your the place where you're going to live. Uh, from your creditors. Now, it might just be, however, that say you have $500,000 worth of equity. Uh, say uh, your house, you owe $500,000 on it, and it's it's now worth a million dollars. You might not want to file for bankruptcy, especially a Chapter 7, because if you do, the Chapter 7 trustee can sell your house give you a check for $175,000 if you're 65 years or older and take the rest of the money to pay your creditors and to pay herself as the administrator of your estate. So that's why, you know, I tell people consult with a lawyer because sometimes filing for bankruptcy is the worst thing you can do. You will end up losing control of your assets, especially if you file the wrong kind of bankruptcy. And I got to tell you, I've had more than one uh, opportunity to come in and try to s- convert a case from a 7 to a 13 uh, because the debtor filed pro se, that is to say without counsel, without legal counsel, and filed the wrong kind of bankruptcy, on, on, sometimes on the advice of another financial professional that doesn't understand it. So that's why we're going over this. I, I, I want you to understand how important it is that some of these decisions that you make initially will come back and bite you in your proverbial rear end. Okay, so that's for your um, real property. The homestead exemption is is crucial. Now, uh, under Section 704, you can also exempt part of your uh, uh, motor, motor vehicle uh, up to uh, $3,300. It's a little bit more than that. 
And in personal property, you can exempt all of your household and personal effects. So your your um, clothing, uh, your furniture, your fixtures, your um, pots and pans, your food, all of these things have to be listed and all of them can be exempted. Now, um, and say you bought some building materials to uh, make some, uh, uh, take care of some deferred maintenance on your home or make some home improvement, a certain amount of that can be exempted up to like $3,500. Also, although uh, bankruptcy isn't, um, wasn't invented or to be used for luxury items, you can exempt some of your jewelry or heirlooms up to us, and even pieces of art, up to about $9,000. That's because, you know, what if you want to try to keep your, you know, things that are, are of sentimental value, including your, um, your wedding rings and like. You can also exempt health aids, things that you need to, um, um, your wheelchairs or things that you need to be mobile if you're, um, a person with a, a disability, uh, you can also uh, exempt bank deposits for that are control um, containing your social security payments up to thirty five hundred dollars for a single payee or fifty two fifty for husband and wife uh, payees. Also, you can exempt the value of personal injury or wrongful death causes of action and recoveries that are necessary for your support. Now, i got to put that on a highlight. Necessary for your support. So that means if someone injured uh, you or uh, caused the death of your spouse and um, you got a billion-dollar recovery, I don't think you need a billion dollars to uh, support yourself and your family, but you might need 500000 or you might need a million of that put into an annuity. So... You can exempt personal injury and wrongful death causes of action recoveries, and you have to exempt them. You have to list them in your schedule of potential assets, and then you can exempt them if you're if they're necessary for the support of yourself and your dependents. You can also um, exempt cemetery and burial plots. You can also exempt up to 75% of the wages that were paid to you prior to filing for bankruptcy. Also, public employee vacation credits, at least 75% of those. You can also uh, exempt a wide array of retirement and pension payments, uh, tax-exempt retirement accounts, uh, that's SEP and SEP IRAs, IRAs and Roth IRAs, you can exempt them. Uh, up to a certain amounts, public retirement benefits, you can exempt them, private retirement plans, including IRAs and KEOs, uh, public employee pension, county employee pension, peace officer pension, firefighter pensions, and you can also uh, exempt certain public benefits, workman's, work person's comp, uh, public assistance benefits, relocation benefits, student financial aid, and then tools of the trade, uh, you can uh, uh, exempt almost $9,000 individually and almost $18,000 if you're a couple. Again, law books, the tools of your trade, you're a mechanic. You need that in order to have your fresh start to continue your business. You can also exempt certain insurance policies, uh, fidelity bonds, life insurance proceeds, um, and the like. And uh, miscellaneous things such as business and professional licenses, I can 
could exempt my my uh, my my uh, license to practice law. A doctor can um, you know exempt his or her license to be a, a medical practitioner. Inmates can also exempt up to $1,600 or about $2,000 of their trust fund that they use to um, engage in commerce while they're locked up. Okay, and also, so so again, that's the highlights of what, what goes on in bankruptcy. So we're going to leave it there for now. And like I said, next time when we get together, we're going to continue our discussion in bankruptcy, and we're going to look at exclusions, things that are excluded from discharge. Until next time, let's stay on the right side of the bankruptcy law and always remember how important it is to our economy, including our family units. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.